0: Welcome to Wing Torn. This is the story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman who hides the secret of her blood, and an emerging force threatening a tentative peace between humans and the Fae. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book two. Allegiance. Bingle entered the Danmagh residence in Ashdown, immediately aware of his dusty boots on the freshly laid wooden floor. The kitchen was before him, equally new. The long wooden table with four chairs, the cabinets and the counters, clean and sparkling, and the staircase leading to a landing upstairs. Another hallway beneath the stairs led elsewhere in the house, perhaps to the outside, towards the second structure. The heat from the wood stove burrowed deep within him. He hadn't realized how cold it had been outside until now. Riona's gaze widened at the stove and her face broke out into a delighted grin. Weeks of small campfires had taught the previously privileged child to appreciate a proper source of heat. The smell and comfort of home was undoubtedly present in this house, which filled Fingal with equal parts regret and fear. Anything that felt like home could be snatched from him at any time. But perhaps not at this moment. Not only had Fingal walked into a stranger's home He'd stumbled upon Nora and Dunnock's reunion with their child. The child was a healthy lad, swaddled in a knitted white blanket. Tufts of dark hair curled around his scalp, and his face was contently plump. He was still waking from his nap. Nora held him close to her chest, and Dunnock cradled them both, silently, in the middle of the kitchen as Brendan and Fingal remained at the door with nothing else to do but also take part in this intimate moment. Connor was the child's name, as if Fingal could forget, for that was all that Nora would speak of during their long journey to Ashdown. Fingal wasn't annoyed by this. Nora and Dunnock had risked much to have a child in wartime, And Nora had brazenly gone on dangerous missions while Connor was still in the womb, as if Donnock or Brendan could have stopped her. But when Connor decided he'd like to see the world with his own eyes, in a three-day standoff in the Rocky Flats outside of Canterbury, well, Donnock had to draw the line somewhere. Connor couldn't stay and fight with them. So, Donnock had taken Connor, just days old, out of the crossfire, and had carried him all the way back here to Ashdown, where he would be cared for by Donnock's parents. Nora had been devastated. She couldn't go with them, as she had been severely injured and weakened by the fight and the birth. It was a dark time. The separation had nearly driven her mad, until Donnock returned, and even since... She'd never been the same. That had been months ago. An eternity. He set Riona down. Riona, too, seemed captivated by the tiny human in Nora's arms. There probably weren't many human babies in the castle during her mother's reign. She looked up at Fingal, her gaze inquisitive. Outside, something rumbled, followed by shouting. Nora gasped and covered Connor's ears, Yet Donak just smiled. He kissed Nora on the back of her head and headed for the hallway beneath the stairs. I taught, I thought I heard Mother's voice, probably minding the construction. I'll go. Nora barely noticed his exit. She was whispering to Connor, tears rolling slowly down her face as she stroked his swaddled back. His head lulled slightly as he struggled to open his eyes. Brendan approached, hoping to finally hold his nephew, yet Nora turned from him to saunter listlessly about the room like a tormented ghost. "'He probably needs more sleep,' Nora muttered, more to herself and Connor than the rest of them. "'Well, I'll be lucky to get some, what with the work being done.' "'Do you know what they're building?' Fingal asked. I think it's some kind of store, Nora replied distantly. She slowly paced the length of the table as Connor cooed. Why would anyone build a store when they already have a market close to town? Brendan asked. Nora shrugged with one shoulder. It doesn't matter. We're not staying here long. I hope. Johnix said he'd build us a house somewhere nice. Presumably that meant the Dunmah residence was not to Nora's standards, Fingal mused. This seemed in contrast to just minutes ago on the road, when she'd been excited to arrive at the stability that Ashdown had promised. He really couldn't blame her. Seeing her child again, after all this time, must have put her desires into perspective. On the other hand, This house was a fine example of craft and skill, suitable for any family with young children. Fingal didn't think Donok could build her much finer, not without considerable time and effort. Riona finally mustered up some courage and approached Nora, blocking her path, as she looked up at mother and child. Can I meet him? It was probably the only thing Riona had ever asked of Nora and she nearly teared at the half fay's request. Grinning, she knelt before Riona and positioned baby Connor so they could properly become acquainted. Connor, however, seemed more interested in returning to blissful slumber in his mother's arms. Hello, Riona said diplomatically to the sleepy babe. Are you having a good dream or a bad dream? The baby's eyes fluttered open as he looked at Riona with his large blue globes, taking in the half-fay child. Gah! Connor cooed, pointing lazily at her. What does that mean? Riona asked him, frowning. Did you have a good sleep or no? Connor, sensing Riona's confusion, curled his teeny fingers into a fist and babbled at her contentedly. Riona swirled around and expected Fingal to provide an explanation for Connor's undignified response. Amused, Nora touched Riona's shoulder gently. Oh, he's too little for words yet, Iris. Soon he'll be babbling, just like you. Her gaze was hopeful and full as she drank them both in. She ran her thumb across Connor's forehead, looking at him as only a mother can at her child. So oh, he's so precious, just like this." Fingal felt like an intruder. He stared at the floor, at Riona's bare feet. He'd have to get her some shoes. He'd thought that every day on their journey here, and yet no market they'd pass through was good enough. Her perfect feet needed to be adorned with the sturdiest, toughest boots, and yet Fingal knew that he would never be able to afford such an item as the perfect shoe for Riona existed only in his dreams. Still, the responsible course of action would be to go to the pitiful Ashdown Market to see what they had. Something was better than nothing at this point. That was the right thing to do. This house, this family. Nora and Brendan were his family, yes, but somehow, with Nora hovering over their new baby, with Donok's family outside tending to the construction... Fingal didn't have a place here, and Riona even more so. The creaking of a door elsewhere in the house. Then, shuffling of boots. Donnick appeared from the hallway beneath the stairs once more, accompanied by an equally tall woman who shared his resemblance. Sharp nose, penetrating gaze, and a sincere face lined from years of running her family's multiple business affairs. She took her visitors in stride, eyeing them each for only a moment, saving her true smiles for baby Connor and Riona. "'Hello,' she said warmly, clasping her hands together. "'I am Molly, Dunnick's mother. "'If you wish to call me Mrs. Dunnmore, you can. "'Do I admit I find it odd?' "'On the draw-titched isle, "'it was tradition for a child to combine "'and adopt his parents' names as his own,' and add it to a slew of combined names. Connor's full name would be Connor Danuk Nora Dunmach, at the very least. The longer the full name, the more notable the lineage. This wasn't unlike fey traditions, though pointing that out would ostracize one from polite conversation. With trade from the isle at an all-time high, folks like Danak, used only the first two or three names for convenience, taking a second or third as a family name, as family names were far more common on the continent. Once, Dunnock had admitted to Fingal that both his mother and father had twenty names each, a notable lineage indeed. Nice to meet you, Malay," Fingal said, bowing his head in respect. His hands were too dirty to shake, And as she did not offer first, Fingal assumed it best to keep his hands to himself. I'm Fingal. This small one here is Riona. Riona wrinkled her nose before turning her gaze to Mahle. Mahle was lucky, as she earned one of Riona's rare smiles. Well, aren't you pretty, Mahle said to Riona. She nodded approvingly to Fingal. I'd not heard you he had a child, Fingal. Tanak had apparently filled in his family on their adventures, to a point. I'm minding her. For now. Ah, no more needed to be said. Many children had been left orphaned by the war. Malay swiftly changed the subject as she sized up Brendan. So you're the lot who's looking for fame and fortune. Maybe, Brendan said with absolutely no modesty. Well, perhaps we can do something about that. Plenty of opportunity for those willing to put in the work, especially now. But before we get to that, she touched Donnock on the arm. Has Donnock told you? I've invited the whole village over tonight. In honor of your arrival home, safe and sound. Fingal felt queasy. We ran into Captain Stovall on the road. He mentioned he'd be stopping by. Good. Everyone is invited, of course, including Captain Stovall and his men. All good lads, young too. His men? How many Imperial Guards were stationed in this small village? And more importantly, why? Ashdown's military advantage was certainly not apparent to Fingal. It was nearly on the other side of the continent from the capital, without going to the Isle or the Fey archipelagos. What use did the human king have for flat, brown fields that seemed to yield no crops? Or what did the former Fey queen covet here that had needed protecting? You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by Gear and Sea, a young adult post-apocalyptic novel by Claire C. Marshall. In a broken world where human children fight to survive, best friends Ty and Rayleigh embark on a harrowing journey of friendship, loyalty and sacrifice when they befriend a large robot. Read the first chapter for free at gearandsea.com. That's gearmc.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Riona seemed to sense his unease, and pursed her lips. Fingal was about to inquire, but Brendan stole the floor. So, what brought you here to Ashdown? Brendan asked Male. Male smiled slyly. Ever since the fires, the disaster that rendered much of this land far less fertile, land has been cheap. My husband and I believed this town was due for a boom. It's only a day's ride from Starlem Gorge which is a draw, while farming is difficult. It's ripe for more academic purposes. Aye, so you bought this shack and slapped some paint on it, Donick said, amused. This is no shack, Molly said, playfully slapping her son. And we did a fair bit more than slapping on some paint. Did I not just spend hours out there, herding workers, building your dad's vision of a library? Did I not affix these counters, these shelves, to the wall myself? That you did, Ma, that you did. Donick said, trying to hide his amusement. Though Dad did say the library was your idea. Not nah, his. I will. I'm paying for his vision. Bigger and bigger it keeps getting. How many books do you think we can keep here? Who do you think is going to come? Just to read. The pay aren't. And they're the only ones that can easily get here without trudging on those dirty roads. We all know the Fae won't come here anymore. The light-hearted fun drained. Nora and Dunnock exchanged painful glances. Malay had a point. Ashdown was not booming, yet. And it was possible it wouldn't, now that the Fae had been forced off the continent. Humans could be ferocious learners, yes who would come to Ashdown just to read a book they could easily find in the capital. It would take more investment and more time to make Ashdown into a desirable destination for academics, if it became one at all. I'm sure there are families looking to settle, Brendan said, trying to infuse the room with hope once more. Especially veteran families, people like Nora and Dunnock. Looking for towns far away from the bustle of the cities, without the fae influence, where they can s- start again. Nora stood and exchanged a worried glance with Donok. Yes, people like us, but not necessarily them, is what she didn't say. Mahle smiled thinly, catching the meaning beneath Nora's words. Unless we can come up with a way to recoup our investment. This is a pit for Arjid. While you're both here, I expect you to pull your weight. She heaved a sigh and strode past Riona, who had splayed out on the floor, playing with the hem of her cloak. Excuse me, love. I'm going outside to supervise again for a bit. Dinner will be ready in two hours, and the guests will be here before that. Nora, get a pot and get something started. Make sure it doesn't boil over. And Donnock, you'll make sure. Donnock cut through his mother's orders with a smile. Maybe you should relax. She waved at him dismissively as she opened the front door. Ah, you will sit down and relax. You have had a long journey. I have a business to run. With that, she was out the door again. Donnock, I don't want to work here, Nora protested in a harsh whisper. live here, in this house. I want to have our own house, raise our own family. Connor made an annoyed sound in solidarity with his mother. We don't have to do anything, Danuk replied. We can go anywhere you like. After we appease my mother. For a few days. I barely saw her when I deposited my son here. And far before that, She's soon me dead, as you remember. I have to honor my blood. We can go to the draw-titched isle, right? Brendan chimed in, eager. Your family, they can set me, or uh, they can set us up there, right? i We can see to that, if that's what you want. Donna tried to calm the ratcheting tensions between the door siblings, yet he barely seemed up to the task. His gaze fell upon Fingal. Do you have any particular idea of where you'd like to go from here? Fingal had hoped Donok wouldn't ask, because he couldn't give a satisfying answer. He could only stare at Riona. He could go with Brendan to the draw-titched isle and seek work, build his fortune. He could bring the girl. The two of them could do as Nora wanted and build a house and live together. This sense of freedom was wild territory for Fingal. He was used to fulfilling his immediate needs. Seek shelter. Fight that fae coming at you. Hunt food. Don't tell your friends you made a promise to an enemy queen. I should put Riona down for a nap, Fingal said. It seemed the right thing to say and to do as the guardian of a two-year-old. A first step into the future. Next time on Wing Torn. In the past, Riona isn't tired. Bingle feels trapped. And Brendan just wants to have fun. Thank you for listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. If you want to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.